Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And Riverdale is, let's be honest, actually back now. Riverdale is full-fledged Riverdale right now. Yeah, this this really is the season premiere for um uh for this fourth fourth season. I will say they actually do use the they use the um uh uh Fred Andrews death storyline more than more they, than I expected them they to. They mentioned it in two scenes, which is more than I expected them to to be honest. And Fred Andrews death affects someone who is not Archie. Yeah, he he uh, he uses it in his things. So I don't know how much anyway, th- the point is that this is now the pilot and boy Oh, are we back into five plot lines in an episode going a mile a minute, not having time to think or consider what is happening? This is the show we remember and we love. Yeah, this, it certainly is back. Certainly back to where it is. Uh, this episode definitely sets up the season. I see a few arcs, mm-hmm. but the thing with Riverdale is they always have this thing where, the, where an arc will begin, and then they'll stop for the middle, and then it'll re- re-begin at the end. So there's going to be some sort of mid-season storyline that we never could have seen coming. <laughs> you you never can guess it. Though they do keep flashing forward to the end of the year. Specifically last time I thought it was next summer, but this time they do say spring break. I think they said spring break last time too. That was a long because time ago. when Betty was doing her thing, she was like, okay, so we burn our clothes and then we finish <laughs> the school year and then we go in different ways and we never talk to each other again. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just like their parents did. <laughs> Until they were forced to by a killer. Until the killer forced them to come back. I have a question about the flashback episode. Yeah. Did Dad Reggie, played by Reggie, also have a black eye in the flashback episode? Um. Or did Reggie get a black eye when he asked his dad about the flashback episode? No, Reggie episode? got a black eye. Because they, 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 it's last season, they, when they, when they actually introduce all the parents, one of the parents, like, weirdly chides reggie's dad at hitting his son but no one does anything about it oh you're correct yeah yeah where they're like oh we all know you hit your son i'm like wow cool well if there's one thing we know about adults in the world of riverdale (laughs) it's that they are too busy being mean to cheryl they don't have time to deal with uh real issues (laughs) that they should deal with uh, what we'll, we'll get in this episode as we get into it is that this episode has a few moments that are like, man, real classic, like, teen drama 90210 plot lines, but of course done in a very Riverdale way. And you know, KJ Appa is at his best as Archie this episode. Yeah. He is like peak Archie. He's, he, is ve- he is very Archie in the fact that like, I, I am amazed by the amount of times that these these kids can just be like, we'll do this. And no one's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, everyone's like, why do, Why should we try to stop him? I mean, Archie does what Archie does. Yeah, and Archie does this. So let's get into what this is. Because this is season four of this is Riverdale. Season four, episode two. Fast times at Riverdale High. Fast times at Riverdale High. So if you remember, last episode we ended J- July 4th. Jump ahead. It is now September. Because the show has decided they don't want to deal with super sad Archie. They would like to deal with slightly healing Archie. Yeah, we get we get the um uh we get the Jughead voiceover essentially explaining that like, hey, 
Archie was sad, so we spent time with him. But now, school's beginning. And I just want to point out, this is the most insane Jughead monologue we've ever had. <laughs> for Jughead is sitting at the bar at Pops, writing his story. Well, he has visions of the four of them sitting at another booth. And at one point, he interacts with himself. Which one is the ghost, Kevin? Yeah, if this was season one again, I would be like, one of these Jugheads is a ghost. <laughs> but now we know. Now we know the Jughead is not a ghost. He's just weird. <laughs> well, speaking of also... I guess weird, yeah. Archie is at his boxing school that he owns. Yes, which was given to him by Hiram Lodge. By a criminal, which he got to keep despite the fact that criminal is in jail. Well, you know, Veronica also still has all of the things that, like, she's still in charge of (laughs) Le Bon Nuit. Yeah, it's... Because I guess now that her parents are in jail, she does own a bar. Man, we could not think too much about all these legal stuff. And she has so so many kids in this series do not have guardians anymore. Nope, it's just a lot of and, free and no one, kids running around. I, you know, what I'll say, I said it once. I'll say it again. This show hates the age of their characters. But the thing is, like in this episode, Archie is peak Archie, like peak teenage boy. Yeah, Reggie is peak teenage boy. Um, Jughead is actually a peak teenager. Yeah, but if I saw a show and you're like, oh, these are 20-year-olds doing this stuff, I'd be like, yeah, sure, you know, they're being very dramatic, but it's a show. Mm. Versus mm-hmm. them being like, oh, but now all these like teens also have weird press conferences. The point is, <laughs> they're, we're at the boxing thing, and Archie is having a little bout with uh, with Mad Dog, who whose name I still... Cannot Thank know. God the show told us. Do they do tell us, right? His name is Monroe. Monroe. Okay. Monroe. Monroe Mad Dog. Probably another M, let's be honest. It is another M. <laughs> anyway, so Monroe, uh, they're boxing. I want to remind you a little bit about the history of Monroe. And you know what? We have to call him Monroe. He is a human being with hopes and dreams. We cannot being. keep calling him Mad Dog. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Monroe, uh, if you remember correctly, was... Uh, a fully grown man, Archie met. <laughs> so he was in juvie, and then he turned 18 and disappeared for a time, only to return to try to kill Archie in the ring, but he did not want to kill Archie. Now, if you remember, that when Archie met Mad Dog, that was the beginning of his last school year. So means- sometime during last year, he turned 18. Um, I think he turned 18, like, when he got put brought out, when he was going to be brought out of the yeah, school. Yeah. Which means he's almost 19, Archie in this scene is like, hey, Mad Dog, why don't you come to school with me tomorrow? Now, to be fair, he was too busy being in juvie. He did not get his high school diploma. And Archie knows one thing <laughs> now. Yeah. High school diploma is important. Well, no, and, and it is important. But I don't. But you can't just, like, show up at school and be like, I'm going to this school now. Well, apparently in Riverdale you can. <laughs> because this will not be the first or the last time this happens. Well, let's move on uh, to the next, uh, I guess, checking in with characters. It's Betty. And she's hanging out with Charles. And I'm going to ask a question now. Yeah. Where does Betty live? I th- it has to be with Charles. Where? Now, I do not know where Charles lives. <laughs> in a hotel. Or or in that weirdly empty office. That office is an FBI. That office is like an office from Criminal Minds. Which means the FBI has had an office in Riverdale for who knows how long. Yeah, and it's only Charles. Like, look, if we learn... What I'm going to say is that we're going to go through this episode for quite a bit. If I learn in, let's say, 13 weeks 
that Charles is a fake FBI agent, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I would believe it. There's no one else there, and he really relies on his teenage half-sister to help him with all of this. He, he When he said he was going to bring her in on the case, she is an FBI agent now. Now, right now, in this scene, he's pretending she's not. Yeah, yeah. Betty is very worried because... She hasn't gotten a check because Charles says, like, oh, your mom hasn't checked in with me. It's not uncommon. But, of course, Betty is like, what? No, this is clearly means something terrible has happened. And this will be a theme this season, I assume, where we learn that children's instincts are better than, like, training and knowledge. Oh, yeah. No, I have no doubt this entire season is going to frustrate me immensely at how it's like, oh, we should just trust the instincts of people who don't know anything. Children are always right. And the show's going to be like, pr- prove like, oh no, they did get it right. But that is the line between fiction and reality that must mm-hmm. be broached. Well, now let's check in with another character. Veronica is meeting with her lawyer, whose name is Mr. Summersby. Because um, he's so- a character from a, a Charles Dickens novel. Look, they all have weird names. Um, I think it's actually, it's her, might be her parents' Lawyer? lawyer? He can't be a lawyer for both of them. No. But this man, who is of some sort of law representative. Some law man. He asks her who she's going to testify on behalf of. Or both of them. And she says, or neither. And he's like, you should probably do one. Because <laughs> you are a child. And Veronica's like, soon I'll be 18. I do what I want. And I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure, for sure, why not? <laughs> Let's check in with another character. Cheryl. Shows outfits for the first day of school to the corpse of her dead brother. Because she also has no parents. Well, let's cut to school, because they're not going to dwell on that for any longer than the series wants us to. But we're not going to cut to school oh, wait, first. No, you're right, it's not school, it's at Veronica's place. At Veronica's house, they have a party with champagne and a charcuterie board. I'm so... Like, I know they don't want us to dwell on this, but every single time we see Veronica's house, I'm like... They just decide to be lazy. Like, oh, and Veronica gets to keep her house. Well, the house is in Hermione's name. So she's it was also not, in jail. But it was not bought by the crime money. So technically, even though Hermione... I, I guess that's true. Hermione didn't go to jail for, for like, financial stuff. She went to jail for corruption. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, she she can still be a, a landowner in jail. And I do think Smithers is back. Maybe? Because I seem to remember us being like, well, Smithers is clearly the stand-in guardian. Or she has a court-appointed guardian, like... Uh, yeah. I, I, and I know, once again, the show does not want us to think about these things, but I can't help it every single time we see her. See her I'm more concerned about where does Betty live? I, yes, those, that's also a concern of mine. I don't, like... The, Does she live in the Joneses' house? I was talking to to someone last night. This, this the, I promise this divergence <laughs> actually makes sense. All right. I was talking to someone last night, and we were talking um, about how in, like... Okay, say, say the 40-year-old virgin. The 40-year-old virgin, like, for all those things, its side characters feel like full human beings. That show does not feel like it's, like... Their lives don't feel like they stop when they're off camera. Mm. In mm-hmm. Riverdale, I can't imagine any of these people's lives off camera. Especially when they describe their lives off camera. Yeah, it doesn't... Reggie. It doesn't feel like a, a real thing. None, none of this... And I know it's not real. 
but it should feel real. That's what that's how you get people to connect to things. Also, I want to talk about many things. Yeah. But so I while you were talking, I was like, oh, maybe Betty lives at Veronica's house. No, because in this scene, we see where Betty sleeps at this party and it's on the couch. Well, I don't think... <laughs> Why don't they go to one of the other bedrooms? Yeah, very cool. The entire purpose of the scene is I'm all being like, oh, man, last year, crazy. It's going to be weird. We better not let it go fly past us. Sex. And then they all have sex, and we have to think about where does Betty live. Yeah. So Veronica and Archie go to Veronica's room to have sex. Meanwhile, Betty and Jughead have sex in the living room. I guess because it would be weird to have sex in Hiram's room. But you know what they could do? Change the sheets. Yeah, I feel I feel like that would make more sense than just be like, no, 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 that room is now untouchable. Either that or Smithers lives there. Hiram lived somewhere else. He and Hermione annulled their marriage. Oh, they did. It's it, that's Hermione's room. Oh my god, I forgot about this. Yeah, I, which means Veronica doesn't exist. Hmm. Veronica's a bastard. Uh, when, no, like they in were, the Game of Thrones. No, no, they were married when they had it. It's that's not how bastard works. Bastard is if they have the kid out of wedlock. But they annulled their marriage, which means their marriage never existed. Okay, now once again, they could not annul their marriage. They that's impossible. But they, they did ha- it. They said it was better than a divorce. <laughs> what show were you watching? I don't know. I was just imagining that that, that that at some point, off screen, some lawyer was like, you can't do that. You've been married for like 20 years. No, everything stops <laughs> when characters aren't on screen. Also, right. Archie stays at Veronica's house all the nights in this episode. Yeah. Is his mom still in town? Why? I mean, I know his mom's probably not good at mumming anymore. Man, but I, Molly Ringwald Andrews should worry about the fact that her teenage son never comes home. I'm starting to really think that we just have to assume that once the camera, like, like once once our our arcane eye is no longer upon this slice of life, they just freeze, <laughs> and then they just wait until their kids come back. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense. <sighs> So now they wake up and it's time to school, but Veronica didn't set her alarm. Oh my god, everyone overslept. Ooh, crazy hijinks. They have this, they have actually a shot I really like, which is where, like, they're going through the halt and they're all doing the, my favorite creep thing, which is where you crouch slightly and, like, overswing your arms. Like, somehow that means that no one's going to see you. And you know what? How many kids are late on the first day of school? I'm sure many. Well, do you know who does not think any should be? <laughs> Mr. Honey. Yes, Mr. Weatherby's replacement, Mr. Honey. For if you remember, Mr. Weatherby is in a cult. And so he obviously also absconded with the rest of the farm. <laughs> he just abandoned his job for that sweet cult that takes your kidneys. Now, luckily, it was summertime, so they had time to hire someone, and the person they hired is a stringent blonde man. I mean, he's he's the he's the dean from from OC, except Who? for he's he's that dean. He is that he's the evil twin of that dean, which is insane cuz I thought that dean was the evil twin. I mean, to be fair, at least this man seems to hate everyone like, you know, without judgment. He thinks all kids are bad and dumb. It's true. Unlike um, Dean Jack Hess, who only hated Ryan and Marissa. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, two kids that he didn't like. He, I mean, he didn't like any of those main four, really. He had a, he had a certain specific hate for uh, for uh, 
uh, man, now, now that we're not doing that show, their names Ryan and Marissa. Yeah. But uh, that's because his girlfriend told him to hate them. That's true. Meanwhile, Mr. Honey just seems like... He is furious <laughs> that he's an educator. He is a caricature of a villain. He, I, the fact that he doesn't come come sliding in, twirling his mustache, just like, Hello, children! He tells them to get out of my sight. Which is an insane thing for a principal <laughs> to say on his first Which day. Which is an insane escalation for, like... <laughs> Because the kids not, are like, oh my god, we're so sorry, our alarm didn't go off. And he's like, burn it to the ground. I don't. I'm not quite as lenient as your former cult leader, drug dealer guy. I'm Mr. Honey. Get out of my sight. And the kids are like, this is too if, much. If someone told me to get out of their sight, I'd be like, what? what's just happened? What did I do to you? <laughs> All right. Here's going to be a series of a lot of really weird scenes. It starts with uh, the coach just taking Reggie, who is the captain of the football team. And has been the captain since he was a sophomore, which is insane. Um, he taking him through some plays. And then Archie just sort of storms into the locker room with Monroe behind him. It's like, hey, coach, put this random guy on the team. Look at my friend. He's so big. And the coach is just like, like he is big. He is on the team now. And Reggie is like, what? What? <laughs> and, like, I think Reggie's supposed to be seem unreasonable. But, yeah, you've never seen this human being in life. He definitely does not go to this school. I don't think Monroe goes to that school even more. I think he's just on the football team. No, he's in that English class we see later. Okay, he's in that the English bad, class. That bad, bad English class. <laughs> right. But just the... Just the the ridiculousness of just running in and just being like, hey, coach, this is a man. This is a grown-ass man. This is a full This is a full adult. Can he be on our high school football team? <laughs> well, you said he goes here, so I don't have to ask any other questions. What, what are the chances that Mr. Honey would let that kid into school? You know, it is very nice for Monroe that he gets to have the normal childhood that he didn't get no, to it's, have. It's He's going to have a nice high school experience. Yeah. It's definitely not what they considered when they first made that character, though, because they made him, he is a full adult. They forgot. They forgot. Now, I have a question. Who's that coach? Because he's not Coach Clayton, which is who he's supposed to be. <laughs> no, no. I don't think we're ever going to see Clayton again. Remember when Chuck was weirdly in that season two episode where he wanted to, like, redeem himself so he was in the play? Well, yeah, but then he got, but then uh, Cheryl framed him. Oh, did that happen after he tried? Every single time he tries to redeem himself, someone just frames him for another crime. <sighs> I feel real bad for, like, don't get me wrong, Chuck was, was kind of like, Chuck was a pretty bad person when we first met him. But the fact that every time he comes back, he just gets dunked on again. Maybe he's graduated. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, maybe he's moving on with his life. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Okay, so here's another weird scene. Betty's hanging out in the blue and gold office, and Kevin comes by. Yeah. And it's kind of like, hey, Betty, I wasn't great, but I was in a cult, and they did steal my kidney. Yeah. Can we bond over that? And at least, uh, Betty does, like, uh, no, here's the thing, Betty is obviously... Grappling with what happened. Yeah, and the, and essentially what it comes down to is like, all right, fine, you can sign up for the paper, let's kind of, like, take this slow... I guess. I do like that she tells Kevin to fill in an application, which means the blue and gold has applications, but the football team, anyone can be on. No, you just run in and be like, hey, look at this, look at this man. Look at this man behind me. Look at my friend. 
I, I will continue. I call it, you know, that we call a lot of people on the show boys. Monroe, I can only ever call him a man. We see him shoeless a whole bunch. That is a man. He is a man. No teenage boy's <laughs> body has ever looked like no, that. No, that. that is a full grown man. Uh, and you know what? If Reggie's dad's problem was that a man kept tackling his son, <laughs> I would find that reasonable. Uh, we'll get to Reggie's abusive dad. So, uh, meanwhile, while Betty tells Jughead or tells Kevin to yeah. apply for the blue and gold, Jughead is called to the principal's office. Because remember that paper he or that story he wrote in July, which I think might be a short story based on what happened in Riverdale. I do think he did that. I think that's what happened as well. Um, he apparently, uh, he sent it into the contest, and apparently he did so good in that contest. He did not win the contest, but he impressed a man so much. Yep. This man is Ben Lockwood. This man, this man is Sam Whitwer. His human name is Sam Whitwer. I can't think of him in other than Agent... Small... <laughs> <laughs> Not Smallville. Supergirl. Supergirl. It's it, yeah. His name is Mister Chipping. He is and he is played by Sam Witwer, who you might know from our from another CW show. And he is Supergirl. a fancy man mm-hmm. who works at a fancy school and Stonewall. I thought, and yeah. I still think that he's offering Jughead a scholarship. Or did he just get him admitted to this fancy prep school? No. Everything's unclear. It, it sounds like he just got him admitted because his dad later mentions money being a thing. But Jughead never says, well, I wasn't worried about the money. So I wonder. I don't know. It's it, it's it's hard to tell. Um, but he, he offers him, like, he said, hey, uh, I, want to t- I want to, like, I want to, per- to personally teach you writing so you can learn writing at Stonewall Prep School. And Jughead's like. Thank you, but no thanks, sir. Apparently, I'm just I'm really good at writing just by doing it randomly in places. So I'm just going to hang out with my friends and go to university. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of people who want to go to good schools, Veronica has been reassured that she will easily she, get into Harvard. She is a shoo-in for Harvard because, of course, she is. Veronica, noted academic. Veronica, so smart, so studious. Veronica, un- breakable (laughs) to be fair veronica does read some books in this episode which we've never seen before yeah i it's it they do this a few times where like the writers of the show just picked the most well no the most like obvious like like, of course veronica gets into harvard like they don't like not not any other harvard harvard is the school that she gets into but you know what's more important about this scene sweet boy Archie's line, which is, well, I better look for a community college to apply for in where is Harvard? (laughs) I love Archie. (laughs) Yeah. Now, of course, uh, this whole, uh, this whole talk is interrupted by just a bunch of adults (laughs) assaulting the school. stormed into a school. (laughs) Once again, if this was Mr. Weatherby, I'd be like, yeah, totally. Mr. Weatherby doesn't care. But then Mr. Weatherby would come out with a baseball bat and be like, get out of my school, paparazzos. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Yeah, just like these journalists come into the corner of Veronica. They, like, flank her. It's like they have military maneuvers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is is a pincer maneuver of her. And Veronica... Just pulls the fire alarm. And then he's like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> and then hides in the classroom. Like, they won't just 
keep coming. They saw you, Veronica. They, they know saw- you did it. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm shocked those people are even allowed on campus. Mr. Honey does not like hijinks, and these people seem like hijinks. No, yeah, there's yeah, I'm amazed he didn't just sense them and they come like charging in. Well, he was busy. He was busy sensing what is actually going to happen next, which is Cheryl and Tony coming to bring him a welcome muffin basket. <laughs> and he is as confused as I am about this entire situation. But he's glad that she came, because he's been wanting to hunt her down and tell her that absolutely under no terms will she put on a back-to-school dance. <laughs> no, because the last dance did result in a whole bunch of student deaths. And what Cheryl should say is... But he's dead. My mom killed him. Well, but her her response is, which is all the more reason why we should have a a a back to school dance. I'm like, yes, Cheryl. Same reason why you should have a Fourth of July parade, which you did not want. the The hilarious hypocrisy of Cheryl Blossom is well. Then she explains that when her brother died, noted dead man Jason Blossom. Yep. Everyone was very happy to have a back-to-school dance. She had such chaos she created. She made Archie and Veronica go into a closet together. It's worth mentioning, at that point, she still thought her brother was alive. True. <laughs> like, so she was happy. I love that Cheryl Blossom has forgotten the timeline of her brother's death. Oh, no. She thought he was dead for the back-to-school dance because nope. in his body... For, that was the first episode. It was at the oh, end of the back... Right after, after the, the dance. After the dance. Because all the kids came and they were wearing their dance clothes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, at that moment, she thought he was alive. Oh, Cheryl. She has messed up her own timeline, and it's fantastic. <laughs> but but Mr. Hines like, no, no dance at all. There are, there's no dancing in this town. Don't get me wrong, Cheryl. There will be no dancing. <laughs> there will be no dancing in the park. There will be no dancing with a lark. There will be no dancing, Cheryl. <laughs> but there will be football. Football is back. You know who else is back? Reggie's dad, who I guess just hangs out and watches football practice. I'm assuming from a later scene, he drives Reggie home, which is insane because nobody drives their kid home in this school. And Reggie certainly has a car. We've seen it so many times. He has many cars, apparently. He just has access to many cars. But no, Reggie gets like deked by um by yeah, mad he, dog he tries to tackle monroe and monroe is too fast and his dad is his dad is cliche way too passionate about football he calls reggie over and screams at him in front of all of the kids but it's far away so the kids can't yeah. hear um and archie is notably confused because he's like wait a bad dad this doesn't seem right now, if I were the coach, I'd be like, hey, Reggie, stop talking to your dad and come back over here. I have coaching to do. I mean, it, it is noteworthy that in that in the U.S., football is, like, s- crazy huge and crazy important. Well, and a lot of these kids, and we've talked about this, I think, before, maybe based on other shows, but a lot of these kids only have futures yeah. because they have sports. Yeah. Reggie is not one of those kids. Probably not. Reggie is very wealthy, and it seems smart. School smart. Yeah, it's it's hard. To, I wonder if he's a shoe in for Harvard. Oh, probably. The only school the writers of this show know. And his dad is so rich. If they even have just said, like, Brown, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, Columbia. Right. Columbia. But Harvard. They... And wouldn't Columbia make more sense because Veronica wants to go back to New York? I... 
Yes. You, you, you know the writers are just like, ah, oh, we need to pick the smartest school we know, Harvard. Also, there's no way Veronica's a shoe in for Harvard. Absolutely not. She has no extracurriculars <laughs> other than the Vixens. Yeah. Which we will talk about now. Yes, because um, as the Vixens are, I guess, just... Changing? Changing for... Because they practice dancing. I'm assuming they had, they had their cheerleader practice. It, we, it turns out, we will see this later, yeah. they were practicing a sexy dance. <laughs> you think they were practicing for that? Yes. I think that was impromptu. But it was so in sync. It was very in sync. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, but no, then then there's the very audible sound of a camera of a of a mechanical camera and a young boy who is played by an actor who is definitely actually a teenager. Yeah, this this kid does not fit in with which which makes him look like a twelve year old in this series. He has snuck into the women's change room and is taking a picture of Veronica in a towel because some website... <laughs> Rumordale.com. ...paid him $500 For to, a picture of Veronica. And he decided towel's the way to go. <laughs> he decided this is the only chance I'll ever have to get a photo of Veronica. It's not like I couldn't just take a picture in class like, or in the cafeteria. <laughs> it's not like she exists in the world. Maybe he was just like, wait, there's a scene going on in the... In the change room? Well, I, we don't exist outside of scenes. We just live in this aetherious state. He just, like, came into being in the change room and was like, oh. Yeah. I guess this is where I have to do it. Yep, yep. And then so they catch him. Uh, he explains the whole thing. And then Veronica tears the film out of his camera because... He's an idiot and used a film camera. Look, I... For get, a website. Can, can we... Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I was going to get to. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Okay, so part of Riverdale that I've come to accept, and that they, they do do it on purpose, is that it's pseudo-anachronistic. Yes, it's now and in the past, yes. both at once. I don't, and I, here's the thing, I do not know, I, I don't know if it's just because I haven't thought about it that much, I don't know why it never feels that way. There's something where they, they don't go too hard, they don't go hard enough into it, maybe? I think, yeah, they don't go that hard into it, and I... Everything that happens in Riverdale as a show is so insane yeah. that I accept it does not exist in the U.S. 2019. It cannot. Yeah. So I know it exists in a different universe. And and yet, like, and yet the whole anachronism has never sat right with me. And I don't, I don't really know why. This one specifically doesn't sit with me, though, because he's doing it specifically for a website using a camera he'll have to go get... You have to go develop and then, then scan, scan and then send to them. <laughs> no, he's just gonna mail the photo to them so they can take a picture of They'll the take picture, a picture he of took the photo. <laughs> with they, with their digital camera. Yeah, like you used to do when you're like, oh, I really like this picture, but I want to post it on my GeoCities website. Let me take a picture of this. I'm gonna hold it up to my um. My video camera. Yeah, and if you don't do it right, you get it gets a little bit of sheen where like you can see the photo person who's taking the photo in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it wasn't a website, I would be a lot more cooler with like, like oh, of course he uses an old camera. This it's is an- Riverdale. It's Riverdale's anachronistic. Well, so dumb. Uh, then we're gonna go head over to the football guys for a little bit because so we're going to the boys' change room. Yeah, where Reggie fronts on the meat wall <laughs> that is Monroe, and Monroe is. Not he's a little bit bothered, but mostly he's like, no, I'm just a sweet boy who just wants my diploma. <laughs> I do like Reggie desperately trying to get in a fight with Monroe, and Monroe just being like, "What? 
<laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> Dude, look, when I was your age, I understand you. You you were uh, you were you're full of hormones and you were angry at everything. You're striving against something, but Reggie, I've learned there's more in the world than just your ego. Now, now I have an R an R R S P. I contribute to my 401k, and you know, I just I feel like I've matured a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, how old are you? Hmm? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Reggie gets it, or Archie gets in Reggie's face. Yeah, and that's that's about it. That's that. And this goes into where um, Jughead essentially has <laughs> another meeting with Sam Witwer because Sam Witwer is stalking him. <laughs> he he really wants this kid to go to his school, and he makes the logical decision, which is maybe I should not talk to a boy maybe who loves to, his friends. Talk to his dad, and uh, FP. Wants, wants Jughead, well, I mean, and and that's that's within line. The one thing FP has always wanted is for his kids to live a better life than he did. Except for in the first season, where he was drunk and wanted to destroy the place where Jughead lived and worked. Yes, I mean, Aaron, we cannot, we can, we cannot keep going back to the first season. That was a different <laughs> show. It was a different time. That was a year and a half ago. Mm. Or three years, depending on your concept. Oh, Riverdale just exists outside of time. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it is all times and no times. I, uh, th- that's why at the beginning of this episode, Jughead said, uh, and as the summer came to, came to a close, and the second summer, and the third summer, and as it twirled upon itself as a snake biting its own tail, school began. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, one day they're going to be like the Baby Scissors Club, where they just do the same year, like, seven times. Yeah, exactly. And they keep catching murderers. <laughs> they do keep catching murderers. And also people who have Valentine's Day hijinks. <laughs> Well, let's head over to um, some other, I guess, hijinks, where Betty is dropping off some food for Charles. Because she lives there? <laughs> Man, that office has space for the entire cast of, of, like, SVU in it, and it's just Charles and Betty. Charles is in the bathroom, I assume. Yes. So Betty uses this as an opportunity to snoop through his private FBI files, <laughs> yes. which are typed on a typewriter. Yes. Um, well, I think they were... Uh, these are transcripts, essentially. But they're clearly done on a tight well, or th- courier new. I think I think it's that's just the font. Um, like that's how that's like transcript font. The reason it does that is because the um, uh, the each letter is the same, like mm, width. width, which is a lot easier to read. So anyway, did, sh- did you fun fact? Did you know that Comic Sans is one of the easiest um, uh. For dyslexics. For it dyslexics, was yeah. Developed it was, it was for dyslexics to was, read. Yeah, because each letter is a different shape. Like, distinctly different shape. So, so it's very easy to tell which letter it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's, one, it's one of the most easily readable. So maybe you shouldn't make fun <laughs> of Comic Sans, jerks. So maybe, maybe stop ragging on a font. The same people who shouldn't make fun of plastic straws. Some people need plastic straws. However, you don't need it. Drink from your cup like a... I was going to say like an adult, but some adults need straws. Yeah. I retract this rant. <laughs> Just don't judge other people. So what Betty learns from looking at this transcript is that Kevin has been texting Fangs, and most importantly, that Charles they, knows. Charles knows, and and I like how she's like, Charles, when were you going to tell me that you had Kevin under surveillance? And his answer was, Never. You're a child. <laughs> Why would I do that? 
but now I learned that that now I think I actually can use you because I think you could like you're you were friends with Kevin, become friends with him again. Feed him some information that will draw things out. And weirdly enough, I thought this was gonna be a moral thing for Betty, and it wasn't. She's like, no, I'll definitely fake friends with Kevin to I'm still mad at him for dragging me by my ankles to get a lobotomy, so this seems equal. <laughs> you know you know what? I think this this I think this will make us even. I think after this moment, I will actually be friends with him, but I gotta do this first. And it turns out, they are even, but we won't get there yet. But speaking of getting even... So the Blossom House is only lit by candles. I mean, we knew that. That house is a Victorian manor. And I know, but it's more stark because Tony is walking through the halls holding a candelabra. No, no, it's it's different. And Tony doing it is weird. (laughs) Yes, it is different because we're seeing an actual human being... Uh, not a vampire, essentially be like, what do you mean you don't have a flashlight? Why do I have to carry this? You tell me that the only way for me to have light in this house is for me to carry around an old-fashioned candelabra? Because the electricity turns off at nighttime? (laughs) Is that a power-saving measure you guys put in the 1940s? (laughs) The war is done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. Uh, and Tony's creeping up on Cheryl where she's like, has this big giant gate that she apparently locking up. It's like a metal gate, like you would see in front of a store in a fancy mall. The crazy thing is that I think this is legitimately a mausoleum because it's a, it's one very long hallway with no doors in it to a room at the end of it, which would make that, I guess it'd be a chapel as well. But the point mm-hmm. is that, th- that they would, that some places that they would... If they have a place that has a lot of dead bodies, the dead bodies would be hang out there. They would still keep it connected to the house, but they would put a very long passage with nothing else in there between the two because you don't want to live too close to the like the mausoleum or anything like that. Because they could become zombies, and then you can get them in a choke point and kill them all. Exactly, uh, and something that the blossoms had have has had to have done, you know, a couple times, N- numerous times. Uh, so this is the room built for built to store a dead body in, which clearly this is what that room is storing in it. But Cheryl claims she was praying. She was praying for an answer to all of her problems. Also not the craziest thing that I could imagine Cheryl doing. Like she no. she does seem like someone who's, who's like, I'm not religious, but I'll pray for this, see what happens. I mean definitely she was talking to Jason, yes. but same thing. But like, if 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 she said if I heard, if on the show she actually did pray, I would be like, That makes sense. And she has realized through prayer the answer to her problems, and that is that she must throw a party, not a dance. Instead of doing a Mexican dance, she'll just have a party at her private residence, which she's allowed to do. And Unfortunately. <laughs> she, she really shows off in front of Mr. Honey. She informs him that she is the queen bee. <laughs> and, and, and I like, I, I would like to imagine that in the, in the real world, a, a principal would be like, Okay, I don't care if you have a party at your house, but because Mr. Honey is a caricature of a villain, uh, and we'll get there. Well, I mean, he's the. Let's be clear, he is the Reverend from Footloose. Oh, absolutely! He wants to stop all the fun. No dancing, because that could lead to his son dying again. Except for with Riverdale, I imagine they're not going to give him a sad background. He's just going to be evil. Maybe he's a part of the farm. (sighs) (laughs) So both of their principals are cultists. Yeah, there's no normal principles.
So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Feel this week. What made you happy? What made me happy this week? Oh, I have great news for those of you who are in Canada. New on Amazon Prime TV Canada is the TV show Happy Endings. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, it used to be on Netflix Canada, fell off of Netflix many years ago. Yeah. And you can't buy the third season on DVD in Canada. You can only buy it as an import from the States. So it's like 60 bucks. I'm not spending $60 on DVDs of a sitcom. Yeah. And now I don't have to because Happy Endings starring Damian Waynes Jr. and Adam Polly and Alicia Cuthbert is now on Amazon Prime Canada. It's funny. It's cute. Yeah. And it's amazing. All references to the show. Ha- to the show. Kevin, what made you happy this week? Uh, mine's a very small thing, uh, but and it, it's not really like last week. It was like for a little bit. So um, I don't follow Lady Gaga on Twitter, uh, but you know how when people like like or do things, you yeah. then pop up. Uh, apparently, either like last week or something, she just tweeted out a very simple phrase, which is, "What is a Fortnite?" <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, Fortnite is a video, a very popular video game, <laughs> um, <laughs> a battle royale video game. It's very popular with a younger crowd specifically. It's where flossing came it's from. Flo- um, the flossing dance. The flo- it's not where it came from, but it's but like because someone did the flossing dance, they put it as an emote in there. Oh. So it's, I guess you could say it's what it popularized, popularized it. it or brought it to a. It, it memed it. I guess would be the thing. It memefied it. That's fair. Uh, but it's very popular. Some of the most popular and successful streamers stream Fortnite. One of them being Ninja, which leads me to my next thing is that after I saw that, like a few days went by, then Lady Gaga tweeted out another simple sentence, which is. At Ninja, who is th- what? Is, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and nothing's funnier than me. They're like, because here's the like, Lady Gaga is a very artistically weird person, and not- and like she's the sort of person who I don't and like she's such a high celebrity that like when you when you you imagine when people get that much celebrity influence, they don't know the same things as other people know because they're not exposed to the yeah, same it's, things. It's like when I learned the Terry Crews. Like built a computer with his son, so his son could play video games. Was really interesting. Was really cool to me because I'm like that's not that's not something you would like, expect. Yeah, yeah. But Lady Gaga is so like weird and out out there. Like because she, she a, has she has no friends to hang out with to tell her what flossing is. Yeah. So I just love I love the concept of just like this person who is who is so separate from like cultural osmosis that she's just like. What is this? <laughs> I love that she tweeted Ninja and said, "Who are you?" Well, I can't remember what it was. I think it's at. I think it was. I think it was like at Ninja. What like because it, like the proper grammar would have been "Who is Ninja?" But for some reason, you put Ninja at the beginning. My favorite, my, though, by far is that she did Fortnite and she spelled it like Fortnite, <laughs> like the actual two week thing. Yeah. But it's very clearly she was asking, "What is the video game Fortnite?" And I want to imagine someone explaining to her what Fortnite is, and then the, I imagine her follow up question would be like, "Okay, why is everyone talking about it?" She's so behind the times, too. Well, I I mean, like, because, uh, I mean, the biggest, the big thing was when Ninja played with uh, Drake on Fortnite. And everyone was like, oh, this huge thing happened. I don't I don't play <laughs> Fortnite. I don't like Battle yeah. Royales. I don't think they're a very fun. Uh, gameplay style on Fortnite always seems, like, so chaotic. Um, our uh, future sister-in-laws uh, 
brother loves Fortnite, though. When he came over to visit, he just played Fortnite every time I saw him. But he was so embarrassed when I asked him if he, he was going to play, play D&D. He did not want to play Dungeons and Dragons. No. Weirdly enough, he did not want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I just asked him, I was like, are they just making you watch? Or are you allowed to play? And he was like, oh, I don't like it. Oh, I don't like I don't want to play the game. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's like, okay. <laughs> I'm not judging you. So Jughead and Betty uh, head off onto the tour that Jughead was invited on. Where they meet the douchiest blonde man who I thought was a teacher turns out is a student I have ever seen. Let's be clear. That guy is was way too nice to them at the beginning, which means he will be the villain. And he is going to objectify and creep out Betty like no end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- he calls Betty very Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Like, you're cute. Very Sweet Valley High. No, let's be clear. In this scene, Betty is wearing pink suspenders. She is wearing a <laughs> overall jumper, which is very trendy. Sorry, over- the- yeah, she, she, was wearing, she was wearing overalls. That's what she's doing. It's very trendy with the youths these days. It is also, I have, I swear to God, I've seen that exact outfit on the cover of a Sweet Valley High. So they definitely did not let Betty lean away from that. Absolutely not. Uh, but as the as he's taking them on this tour, bringing them through, they um, Mr. Clipping, Kipping, Chipping, Mr. Chipping, Sam Whitwer uh, shows up and is like, Jughead, you're here tomorrow. Come to my literary discussion group, a salon. Moby Dick, Jughead, you're here. Please stay here. Well, let's learn more about our new friend, Mr. Honey, who has called Veronica into his office <laughs> to get her in trouble. Because she dared to be stalked by paparazzi. He, I, we have to say that it begins with him saying, I don't like drama. And I'm like, ooh, buddy, you're on the wrong show. <laughs> also, you clearly do. <laughs> so he found a newspaper article online about Veronica he, and printed it out. He found, he found a blog post on, on Rumor Vale. And he, this newspaper, this blog post reveals that Veronica did the crimes. A source close to Le Bon Nui said she did them. <laughs> and, man, I don't know how to get into the fact that this is an insane thing to... This is an insane thing for a principal to do. Well, it, this is the equivalent of him going on to, like... God, I can't live Live even... journal? Yeah, kind of like live journal, or just... Just, like... like I, I, can't, I can't even think of a website that would compare... That would compare to this because it would be like he looked like he went into Livewire or something. It was like BuzzFeed, so it's like he works at a very expensive school. We'll yeah. say, and he went on Buzz. It's like he worked at the high school that Olivia Jade went to, and he went on BuzzFeed and printed out an article that BuzzFeed wrote about <laughs> Olivia Jade. I know, or he went, he went into BuzzFeed. And said, I took a quiz here that said that my students might be trying to trick me. <laughs> and I have to listen to BuzzFeed. It's a quiz. So I'm going to trick them back. <laughs> so, yeah. So so he brings up this whole thing about Veronica apparently being the one to blame for Hiram's crimes. And then he suggests she takes a sabbatical. Until her life calms down. <laughs> like, so to this 16-year-old with no parents, he suggests she should drop out of high school for a time. <laughs> Why don't you just drop out of high school for a little bit? And here's the thing. You can't drop out of high school for a little bit. No, if you leave, you're never coming back. You have to get your GED. He, <laughs> he once again, they much like Dean Hess, they have created a character who who is not only a bad person but a terrible person at his job. 
How, why are educators on this show so shown in such a bad light? It's true. There has not never been a good teacher on this show. Maybe San, Sam Witwer will be one. I'm really actually hoping that he does stay as, like, a good teacher uh, because Jughead needs that. Roberto, I know you're listening. We're tired of the twists. Just make him a good role yeah, model. Make make the kid be a complete jerk. I'm fine with that. Like make him that like for like, you know he doesn't like Jughead comes from the bad side and all those. He things. doesn't accept him. Jughead must be dumb. But make the teacher like actually or else why would he do any of this? Luke Perry Andrews is dead. We need a good man Give to replace us Sam him. Whitwer. He's the voice of Darth Maul. We need him today. All right, Betty has a, a a meeting with Kevin at the. Well, this is sort of why she leaves, I guess. The this oh, yeah. whole thing because <laughs> she she's goes, still wearing her coveralls or overalls. She goes to meet Kevin and she explains that. Um, oh, it's so exciting! There was a break in the case. There's finally a witness who's going to testify against the farm, and Kevin immediately <laughs> texts Fangs and tells him. As far as I can tell, in the middle of that conversation, his hands under the table texting Fangs because the very next scene, it's dark. It's the middle of the night. He meets Fangs in the woods, and Fangs will not have hug him. That's, there is no time for love, this, only information. This seems very sad for Kevin. Actually, it's I feel so sad. They do a very good job of making us feel for Kevin. They, they like he's like well I wanted like, like I, he I was, just wants to be with Fangs at the beginning I was wondering I was like this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that you have to meet someone about like, oh he used it as an excuse he used it as an excuse to meet Fangs yeah but Fangs takes off and he's like maybe if you gave me more information I could give you a hug <laughs> and then Betty as soon as <laughs> Fangs turns his back Betty Betty charges up with a flashlight so there will be followed from that but first, Veronica called Reggie into Le Bon to confront him because he was the one who flipped on her, clearly because she cheated on him with Archie. <laughs> well, she thinks he's the one who flipped on her. But instead, he's sad and he has a black eye. Yeah, it turns out she thought going into that scene it would be her confronting, uh, you know, the... The man the, who the, turned. The man who, the man who, the man who, who just, on a unsubstantiated website, said, yes, you know all that's crime that Hiram Lodge did it was never him it was Veronica this 16 year old did it not not Hiram Lodge who has been to jail before for embezzlement no no a child all I can imagine like wait did you also say that did you also say that she was like like oh no Hiram's an innocent man at in all ways when when Veronica was 14 years old (laughs) She embezzled all this money from his she, company. She, She's the crime queen kingpin. She's the one in charge of the mafia. She's the mastermind. And the fact that that Mr. It just shows me more, more how Mr. Honey's terrible that he's like, I would believe that. <laughs> what? What? She's what? a child. Outside of how... Why? What? <laughs> you don't even know this child. <laughs> Turns out she was the mayor and she was doing all the corruption, actually. <laughs> so Reggie says all of this with a single smoldering look. <laughs> yep. He has his black eye, which makes Betty or Veronica when she's hanging out with Archie in her bed again because he does not go home. He lives there now. She <laughs> explains to Archie that Reggie has been abused by his dad for many moons. Something that he definitely told her while they were dating, and I guess she just... Has now decided to do something about it. <laughs> now that we're no longer dating anymore, I realize I can listen to him. 
It what? was not always about me, Archie. Do you realize that other people have, like, things going on? Oh, no, they disappear when I leave the room. <laughs> then it cuts away and they all disappear. Yeah. Yeah, because we cut to... Betty, Betty and Charles, they are interrogating Kevin. Are there no other FBI agents? Should Charles really bring his half-sister into an, inter- an official interrogation with a witness? Because unfortunately, when uh, Kevin explains that the reason he was doing this is because Fangs was the only person who would talk to him this summer when he was so, so sad. Because <laughs> Betty wouldn't text him back. Once again, for logical, like, it's fair, yeah, it's complex. They had to get over these things, but also Kevin did have his kidney stolen. He also did. He also is down a kidney. So uh, Betty feels bad, as anyone would. Yeah. And uh, Betty and Charles have a brief confrontation yeah. where Charles is like, no, he's traumatized. He can't help us. Well, I mean, he's like, we're not going to get anything from him. Essentially, like, we got to cut him loose. He's not a very good. Like, we can't get anything more from him. We got all we can. But he's like, no, I trust him. And this will be a thing. I do think he's trustworthy. I also think he's traumatized. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I think I, I almost want to think that the child is like, like we're not getting any. We're not going to use. Let's not this. torture this child. <laughs> like. This this is not the good like we're not going to do this. this is not Betty, the, we're we're good guys. <laughs> something's happening here. Well, let's head over to the football practice. Oh no, Reggie gets tackled by Monroe. And Monroe like offers his hand to help him up, but no, Reggie's dad storms onto the field and starts screaming at his son about how his son is a disgrace or something. It's <laughs> with sure. <laughs> and at this point, again, a coach should be intervening. But instead, it's Archie. And Archie comes on over and he's like, hey, man, don't be a jerk. <laughs> we can all hear you being a jerk. How about you stop being a jerk? And I'm like, yeah, that's how you stop parental abuse or child abuse, I guess. Reggie is embarrassed. Yep. He lashes out at Archie. As like this, this, this exchange is very realistic. Very realistic. Or, like, like. Other than yeah. the fact that I'm furious that the coach does not involve himself. <laughs> the coach. Yeah, the, co- the coach has got his football stuff to deal with. Football. So he just lets his captain be screamed at by his dad on the field for the 40th time, probably. Football, Aaron. He's a bad coach. Um, de- depending on who you talk to, he's a good coach. You got to get you got to you got to get all that stuff out of those kids. You can't be nice to them at all. But the whole thing is that they have to see how good Mad Dog is so they can use his skills in a real game. What, Aaron, the I have I have distinct problems with the way that like a lot of sports are treated in the states by schools and by parents. It's treated as the end all and it's treated in very aggressive ways where like this this situation that are that reggie has with his dad they would be like no that is right you have to you like you know you gotta treat treat these kids harshly you gotta you know that is the coach's job not the dad's job dad (laughs) knows nothing what what? he knows nothing john snow no and i agree with you but i'm just just saying that like unfortunately that is weirdly realistic and i hate it so much you do not know that you are not an american football player i'm not an american football player i just Pay attention. American football players, feel my rage. Validate me. <laughs> They're not going to validate you. I'm right in this situation. <laughs> People are crazy abusive to football players. Well, not just football players, sports players in general. They're crazy abusive to them. Well, football happens. What also happens is the salon. 
and it is full of pretension. Yeah. Some so what one of the kids is like, I don't know if we should talk about Herman Melville because, you know, he's uh Do we really need to hear this story again? And and I was I was on the side where I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, why are you still like like, you know, you're supposed to be like read you know, look at a bunch of things. Moby Dick has been picked apart a million times by this point. But someone else seems to imply it's like, yes, can we talk about someone who's less problematic? And I'm like I mean, yeah, Herman Melville was from the 1800s. So let's not read anything. I'm going to assume that her, I don't know anything about Herman Herman Melville as a, as a person. I'm going to assume he was probably about a, he, was, he was probably about a man in the 1800s who was born in New York. And you know, I would maybe accept this discussion more if he was Catcher in the Rye. No, if this TV show was about this book group and they only read stories by rich white men. That's true, yeah. We don't know what they've read. We don't know what they're going to read. Yeah, exactly. It seems like they read a new book every week, so. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it's a weird thing to put in, but the the main crux of it is that at the, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Sam Witwer is like, no, no. I'm going to ask the question that I assume is in my write-up for this, which is, what does the whale represent? And Jughead's answer is, Nothing. Yeah. Melville hates symbolism. It's a beautiful book about whales. Here's uh, a dumb short scene. Yeah. Veronica confronts yet another person who she thinks might have been the leak. And it was him. It was her dad. It was, yeah. It was him. We're not going to say who it was, though. You have to watch the show to find out. It was her dad. He wanted to prove to the world that his daughter is a bad person. Yeah. I don't... I don't... It's one of those things where he did something, and in the real world, that shouldn't mean anything. Like, like he—it's it, it, like he told what's a Weekly World News about this thing. Like, no one really should care, but because of Riverdale, because of this show, all everyone's like, "Oh yeah, no, this is this is reasonable. This is a reasonable thing that could actually." I mean, the only person who thinks it's reasonable is Mister Honey. I, all those reporters also might think is reasonable. Well, we'll talk about that. I mean, Veronica thinks is reasonable. But once again, Veronica does not exist in the real world. But first, time for a party. Reggie does a keg stand. Cheryl does a speech about how she's going to get rid of the principal <laughs> by Thanksgiving. Uh, homecoming. Mm. Yeah, she hates. She's got. She hates the principal. She's going to. He's going to be beheaded, which I assume she means fired. Um, <laughs> who, really, who knows? I do. The, the greatest mistake that this school did was uh, elect Cheryl president because she actually thinks she has like power. Yeah, she thinks she's in charge of things. <sighs> <sighs> Meanwhile, Veronica asks Jughead about Stonewall Prep, and she tells him he will hate it. Which I'm going to assume she is correct because. However, Betty says she'll support Jughead through whatever he wants because she loves him. Yep. Uh, Reggie tries to find a bathroom. The bathroom. <laughs> Instead, he almost finds Jason's corpse. He, he goes up to the gate, which has now been locked with a padlock, and he pulls on it. But then Shell's like, hey, what are you doing here? There's a bathroom here. That locked door back there should have been the indication. I'm like, how do you get through the other locked door? He's very drunk. Did he, did he just break the door down? He is a strong boy. <laughs> I like when she double locked it. And once, once Tony made the walk, she's double locked those doors now. <sighs> Kevin sadly hangs out in a room by himself. I think that's Cheryl's bedroom. Betty sees him. She apologizes. And then... Then she makes what I'm going to call the heart play. She makes a play that her heart will overcome any obstacle. It's... I've been watching a lot of anime. This is very anime. (laughs) She tells Kevin 
that her mom is an FBI operative who is undercover. She reveals an undercover FBI agent. FBI agent, really. And then she says to Kevin, but look, we can use this. Let's lie about who the witness is. Let's say it's Penelope Blossom. Logical. Yeah, that is actually very logical because uh, she did do stuff with the farm. But so it. <laughs> oh, Betty. 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 Like she she essentially tried to be like, like, because she's like, okay, Kevin, I'll make him feel bad for me so that he'll flip on the farm. <laughs> Betty is so smart, but but so full of heart. Well, as I said, as I said she she made the anime play that was just like, oh no, if I just I I you know I'll, I'll just use my willpower and my heart and it will all work out. So while this beautiful heartfelt scene is happening, drunk Reggie tries to get uh, Monroe kicked out of the party as a crasher, <laughs> which does not work. Cheryl does not care that he's there. It doesn't even work by the time he reaches the end of his plan. Like it, Cheryl, like cuts him off halfway through the plan, and he keeps going. There, but in some ways, there's something wonderful about that exchange, where where he goes like, "Hey, you know, hey, Cheryl, do you know this guy?" And Cheryl goes, "No, but I mean, he's allowed to be here." And then Reggie goes, "Well, that makes him a crasher, doesn't it?" And like Reggie is so sad and hungry. He's that he, so sad that, and and drunk. Yes, that he like. He, at this point, like, he doesn't even seem... He's not even trying to confront him. He's just like, well, maybe this will work. Like, like he actually, He's just trying he, things. He actively feels that Monroe does not belong there because... Monroe I mean, is this, taking this, things away from him. Let's be clear. Monroe showed up one day with Archie's being like, oh, look at this man. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> look at him. He came in. I signed him up for school today. <laughs> I am his parent, I, I am, guess. I am his dad. <laughs> I've registered him for class. I registered him for class. I'm his dad. Can he be on the football team, please? <laughs> the, the amount that coaches the coaches even checks if he's registered. He just sees a big burly man is like, yes, you can be a football player on my high school football team. You will break these boys in half. You'll stop all the boys. But that is, but this party is still broken up because Sheriff FB comes rolling in. Only cop in town. And FP seems embarrassed that he's breaking up the party, but also must break up the party. Yeah, he, he by law, he has to do this. Once again, only cop in town. My favorite part is when Jughead's standing there, he's like, I hope you're not drinking alcohol in that cup, boy. <laughs> she just pours the cup out. It's great. Um, but- um he has to break up the party because he got a phone call. He got a noise complaint, despite the fact that I... No. There's no way Thistle House has neighbors. Cheryl says all the neighbors are either deaf or dead, and I'm just like, I just thought you lived off in the forest somewhere. Yeah, I didn't think you had neighbors. I thought I thought you're like a like a like a house in the outback in Australia where your closest neighbor is like two miles away. Well, anyway, but he got a call. He got a call from someone called Honey. Mr. Honey is his real name. He didn't even like. He was a fake name. He called. He called. It was a power play. He wanted Cheryl to know. Yeah, I do not know why this principal has decided to have a feud a with feud the student with body with president. A, with a teenager. But, but he's done it. Yeah, and if there's like one thing Cheryl wants is to have a feud with an adult. So, um, also, Reggie is very, very drunk, and FP is like, him drunk, and Reggie's like, I'll take care of it. Yeah, and that leads into Reggie and Archie's having, like, a heart-to-heart where Reggie says, like, you know, 
I was so jealous of your relationship with your dad. He was so, so good, Archie. And when your dad died, I had to think about, like, what, how would I feel if my dad died? And I don't know how I would feel. And then he's like, you know, Archie, you've given me so much wisdom sitting here and looking at me. It's time for me to take a stand. <laughs> so, so they go to his dad's garage and Reggie takes a baseball bat to his dad's, like, very fancy car. Well, Archie's just like, what? What? <laughs> point, Archie's like, maybe you should talk to him. And Reggie's <laughs> like, I have done that a million times, Archie. Instead, I will smash this car. This will clearly make my abusive dad be less abusive to me. So I thought that Riverdale High was a good school. Yeah, it was the good school. It was... It's almost... It has gone downhill. (laughs) Well, it's it's like this show... Like, schools and places in this show only exist in relation to other places. So now that we've met Stonewall, this is the bad school. Because there's so the reason we say this is our all of our heroes, all of our main characters are somehow in the same English class. Yep. And they're all sitting there. And no one's done the summer reading. And no one wants to read out loud. So the teacher just sighs instead of calling on someone like any other teacher would. Yeah. And goes, well, I'll start and I guess you jump in when you're ready. <laughs> and instead of reading anything, she reads like a critical analysis of Romeo and Juliet out loud. Yeah, I'm not sure... What's going on? on? And once again, of course it's Romeo and Juliet. But uh, Betty listens to this, and her heart grows four sizes, and she grabs Jughead's hand and takes him out of class. No one notices. The teacher does not stop reading. (laughs) And then she brings him outside and says, you have to go to Stonewall. You have to go to Stonewall right now. Run, Jughead. I will pack up your things. <laughs> I will take care of everything here. Well, I mean, I guess students can can just like <laughs> can just sign people up for school. Why can't they also be like Jughead is not coming to school anymore? He goes to the private school now. Now he goes to Stonewall Prep. I'm his girlfriend, and I am now taking legal responsibility. That he is no longer going to this school. He is the only (laughs) character left on the show who has a dad, but I'm doing this. He didn't even finish the day of school. He didn't even finish the class. (laughs) He He just ran into the day. He left in the middle of a class just being like, and now I'm going to it. Which, he didn't go immediately to Stonewall. He just went home and was like, Dad, I'm going to Stonewall now. And he's like, it is 10 a.m. But all right. Well, this or after this, hard to say. Yeah. Reggie and Jughead, Reggie and, and Archie. Archie meet in the hallway, and Reggie's like, Yeah, I talked to my dad. He's not coming to football practice anymore. Yeah. Somehow he's like, Oh, yes, after I smashed this car, that allowed us to talk. And I'm like, What? How did that sequence of events happen? Did his dad just go like, I just didn't realize how much you disliked me beating you. He says he beats, he beat, he has, his dad's been beating him since he was a kid. For as long as he could remember. And, and. I feel like this was the power play that dad Reggie needed where he's like, (laughs) oh, young Reggie is stronger than I am now. He did also say like, also, if he gets mad at me, I have 50 pounds on him. And I'm like, that is true. Like his dad's very weedy. So Dad Reggie has realized that Reggie is stronger than him and will no longer beat him. I guess the thing that bugs... Because that's how abuse works. Yeah, I guess the thing that bugs me so much that it's a very serious topic and this show really... Like hand waves at it. Really just like, and then everything worked out fine. 
because I thought maybe Reggie was lying, but there's no like stinger. There's no shifty eyes. There's no. No, I think now he is not going to be abused by his dad anymore. Because the scene ends with him and Archie hugging and saying they're bros for life. Or fist bumping or something. Yeah, it's it's annoyingly it's annoyingly like a C plot in this thing where there's like and it's it's like it's like they got a response by having by mentioning that Reggie's dad beat him in season three and they're like, Oh man, we have to deal with that some way. We so gotta they, get rid of it. So they just did like a fifteen minute Reggie uh, Reggie broke his car as a punishment and now he's not being abused anymore. Now them cool. Abuse done. Like if you're if you're going to have a character be abused, repercussions. Yeah, at least at least at least do something. Don't just throw it in as a dramatic thing like, "Oh yes, also he's being abused. Look at this drama." <sighs> Speaking, well, speaking of drama, of drama. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica's at her home getting ready to go somewhere, and she's accosted school? by the paparazzi. School? I thought school. But she was already at school. So, yeah. I, I I don't know. Who knows? She's accosted by the paparazzi, and she closes the door and panics for a while, and then she's like, wait, I'm Veronica. Everything works well for me. So she opens the door, and she says, yes, I will do a press conference at my place of business tonight. But first, you have to watch me sing. <laughs> but for I'm going to do my first and only press conference on this after a special performance. That special performance is Veronica singing. <laughs> she sings all that jazz from Chicago. Now, I'm not sure about if it is... Speaking of analogies and <laughs> allegories, I'm not sure if inviting the police officers to go see you sing a song from a show... About women in jail. Well, the show is about how she did the crime, but it's worthwhile. And she, in fact, says, yes, I did do some crime because I was 16 and I did what my dad told me to. <laughs> yes, I, I'll admit I did do those things. But, I mean, here's the, here's the, the things that we do actually know that she 100% knew what she was doing. I don't think she actually thought they were illegal. No. But you know what? It's fine. Because the reason she didn't know they were illegal is because she was 16. <laughs> I I just always think back to the thing where her dad went in went was shot and was in the hospital and she's like, well, I guess I just got to do his stuff and it's like she did not know she was doing crime there. Also, he's very bad running a crime syndicate. If no one else was there to do that, but that's not neither here nor there. No, no. The point is that that is her that is her big moment is where she's like, yeah, I'm I'm speaking for myself. I I, I assume without them saying it that she's essentially um um emancipating herself. Well. Following up on that, in the yep. next scene, Veronica fills in her Harvard application, which is a piece of paper she fills in with pen. She also reveals to Archie <laughs> that she is changing her last name. She will no longer be a Lodge. She will revert to her mom's last name, Gomez. Okay. And cool. that's that. Cool. Veronica. Cool. Uh, let's head over to uh, Charles and Betty. No. Huh? You forgot the most chaosy thing that happened before that. Cheryl put a oh, right. beehive in Mr. Honey's office. We're getting to the end of the episode where things go by really very fast. Yes, somehow Cheryl has got a, like, a comical... A co like, like, she stole it from a bear. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh was trying to get... Had like, a beehive stuck on his head, and Cheryl came over and pulled the bee... Like, it has full ridges. Yeah. like, she rescued him, and she was like, I need this now, I'm gonna thank you. I'm going to keep this beehive, thanks. The, 
the props department, like, it's like they said, I want to make a beehive. So the props department made a beehive, and someone's like, that's not what a beehive looks like. And like, well, yes, it is. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what a beehive looks like. And they just pointed out a photo of <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. It was like, that's a beehive. Make that. And the props department was like, oh. Sure. <laughs> so now we go to Betty and Charles, yes. who are fighting about Kevin. And well, also about the fact that Betty revealed the secret operative. You know, yeah, I do like how, it's like, how like, Betty comes and tells me, like, did you tell him about Alice? And she's like, yes, I did. And I like how he's scolding her, despite the fact that really you should be like, that is a federal crime. And they're like, eh. And she's like, no, I believe in him. I think it'll work. And thank God. God Kevin comes in. Thank God this is Riverdale. So, of course, the heart play always works. Kevin comes in. He found the farm. He didn't see Alice, but he saw Edgar, and Edgar has some guns. Oh, yeah. The cult is radicalizing. He's building something as well. The cult is moving to its next level, which is super cult. (laughs) Which is cult with guns. (laughs) And here is our final, well, our penultimate scene. Jughead is wearing his fancy school uniform. It turns out that Stonewall Academy is a boarding school. Yep, so he'll but he'll be back on weekends. And uh FP reveals that his father, Forsyth the first, actually went to this fancy private school, but only for oh, a few months. A couple months and then he dropped out. Why did he drop out? Oh, because oh, he, he drops out. out of everything. Yeah, he dropped out of, of you know Being he, my dad. Right, being my dad. And at this point me and I looked at each other and you he was, I, I was thinking something else, but you are actually correct as well. I he, said it was a secret society season. I, I said his dad was killed by the by the school. So, which is secret society. Is yeah. Like, like, I imagine his, his grandfather is dead. Oh, for sure. Yeah. By the school. By the school. Like, somehow school-related. But Sam there's, Woodwork there's, is going to be good. There is no way... There is no way that Roberto in- put in a prep school. That and is, he's not going to do a secret society. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely just watched, like... The society. The society. <laughs> it was like he's like, oh, <gasps> Ryan Philippi. If Ryan Philippi does not show up in a guest star role this season, I'm gonna be real sad. <laughs> I do. I I always love when we can watch Riverdale and figure out what Roberto was watching the year before. And we hope we can inspire you, Roberto, to get Ryan Philippi. <laughs> and don't make Sam Witwer the villain. Make him a good. If you here is if you need to kill him in the final episode as like. A sacrifice, go That's for it. That's fine. You but, kill that good man. But he better be a good guy and a good supporting person for Jughead because there needs to be some authority figures with... Who are not garbage. Or just some teachers who are not garbage. Yeah, did you did you have a bad time? Did somebody hurt you? <laughs> Do you have a bad time with teachers? I mean, maybe. That makes sense. But sometimes teachers are good. <laughs> and you need one. You just need one. <laughs> Make that one be Sam Woodward. Or just give us another ad- adult who's good. Like, the best one right now is FP, and that's mostly because he's lawful good. Yeah, he's the only good one left. Maybe Charles? Who knows? <laughs> <sighs> okay, then it cuts forward with some, like, foreboding dialogue to spring, spring break. break. And Jughead is missing, so all of our main characters walk through the woods doing a formalized police search. In the rain. But they're very close together. And just shouting Jughead over and over again. Which is not a very efficient police search. I mean, that's that's how they do, but usually they're spread out more because... And they they have, like, very specific distances they have to be apart. Yeah, because the entire point is supposed to be that you're shouting, but you're shouting in different places so that he can hear... 
yeah. where you are if he's trapped or something, but not a huge clump of people just, just shouting. Shouting and not looking. Shouting at each other, effectively. But hey, that makes us know that they're looking for Jughead. Secret Society stuff. Jughead. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Where Did I find a moment where Logic was trying to look for a missing person and just wandered through the woods shouting the word drama until drama was all that came to roost? I did. And my moment is when Reggie fixed his abusive dad by beating up his car. Yeah, that's fair. We did talk about this. Yeah. So I won't belabor it, but that was... Purely so that Ross Butler. Nope, that was old Reggie. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Reggie. Reggie. It was purely so Reggie could beat a car. Yeah. So they had that cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was. It was very similar to when Be- when Betty and Veronica kissed each other in the first episode. Like that only happened so you could put it in a trailer. I bet it was in a trailer. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Did you find CW moments? I did, and I decided it was when that guy from Rumordale.com or who was going to be paid by roommate.com decided the only way he could get a photo of Veronica was by also <laughs> creeping into the girl's locker room. Again, pure drama. <laughs> yeah, again, the the logic of like, I have to go into a place where I am 100% not allowed in and two, is sexual assault. This is the creepiest way I could do this, but it's the <laughs> only way I can. Yeah, like, man, she does walk through the hall all the time. All the time. She oh. has classes. Oh. She hangs out in the student lounge. And also, if you're going to do it, don't use the big clunky mechanic. And I think the sound she heard was him actually, like, because there's the shutter going. I think he also flipped the uh, the lever to go to the next, like, <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man. Also, he couldn't even wait until she had clothes on and not a towel. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> clearly he had double motives there. He was like, uh, like. Like, I almost thought, like, wait, wait, are they trying to get a nude photo of Vera- of a child? But it was like, he was like, hmm, if I don't get caught, I also get to see some girls. Wait, can you imagine? I just had this image of him, like, giving that photo to Ruberdale, and they're just like... We don't we, want this. We can't use this photo. This is an underage girl in, in a, a towel. towel that clearly was taken from inside. This is an illegal photo. This will make us look like creeps. There's no way we can post this. We can be sued, sir. <laughs> What? Why would you do Why? this to us? Do it when she's in a public place. You weirdo. Give us the money back. <laughs> you 12-year-old weirdo. You pay us for this. I do like how they put him in a Riverdale high sweater, so you know that he's a, he's at least from that yeah, school. He, he does go there. Yeah. Oh, well, that was Riverdale. And it was... I'm so happy. It It is nice to actually have an actual episode, and... I mean, we're looking forward to a few things there. The farm is getting radicalized with guns. I, I guess that's where Veronica gets a revolver from. I truly believe we'll get to see Chad Michael Murray again. We'll get to see Chad Michael Murray again. I do not know where we're going to go with the whole is Charles bad arc. Because he's not? Yeah. I'm really bugged by the whole, like, heart play. Like, what? Like, man, that that's something that will only work in a TV show because... Outing your mom as an as an inside agent at the will farm will get you arrested. Well, not only get you arrested, like you were almost lobotomized by them. Like yeah, you, you put, know what they do. Yeah, like they would have just they could have just killed your mom. Mm-hmm. Like 
that was an insane play for her to make. And it drives me nuts because Betty is typically smart. And by smart, I mean like book smart, logical she, smart. She's she's always seen as cerebral versus emotional. And like she's also mostly pretty emotionally intelligent. But yeah. you're right, cerebral is her realm. It's her realm. So it's weird to give her the heart. Like that heart move is Archie's move. That's Archie's thing. Yeah. She's supposed to be cerebral. Jughead also gets emo- is the emotional one. Jughead yeah. gets he lashes out. He, he freaks he, out. Yeah, he is the balance there. But v- Betty has always been her strength is cerebral. So I don't like having her her win come from. It's like they did. They're like she's a girl. She'll get it. And I'm like, shut up, TV show. <laughs> it's her. It, and may, you know what? Also, if they had strung this along more, if we had like more of them trying to get out of, of out of Kevin, and she had rebuilt their relationship, it's like you know what? At this point, I feel like I can trust Kevin. Not like two days. Like the next day. The next day after she was like, "Well, fill out an application." Yeah. We we talked about this as the show started. I do not know how this show. It has twenty two episodes. How can the show both go so fast and go nowhere? <laughs> Yeah, we learned nothing, but so many things happened. Yeah. Well, it was a little bit longer of an episode, but it was the actual premiere of... Of season four. So we hope you enjoyed this recap reflection on Riverdale season four episode 1.5. Well, if you liked that episode, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts. It was quick. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find us. Do the social medias. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, or you can email us at podcastmoa at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. We are are on Instagram. Hit us up. And we will see you. That's everything? That's everything. We will see you next week. Yay. How is Jughead going to fit in at Stonewall? Is it possible to save Alice from the farm? Will we have one good adult? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>